Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Amen and amen. Give Him praise like He's worthy of it all. Hallelujah. 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 You guys may be seated in this place if you can. Thank you, worship team, for leading the people into the presence of God. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Pastor Donald. Um, It is an honor and a privilege to be here before you this morning here at the Building Christian Fellowship. You could have been anywhere else on a Sunday. Shout out to all the dads who made time to come in to the house of God this morning. I'm going to just keep it 100% real. You know what I'm saying? I am am a, a, a firm believer that fathers have been under attack for quite some time now. Um, if we, it, there have been polls that have been taken um, regarding the favorite holidays that come about through the years, and Father's Day is like number 18 out of 20. Father's Day is number 18 out of 20, I believe, in one survey that I saw, and uh, I think that, that that's not by accident. I think that is something that's strategic because... I'm going to just keep it real. I know that Mother's Day is like up there in the top three. You know what I'm saying? We go all out for mothers. Don't really do anything for fathers. Fathers are kind of, you know what I mean? But I think that it's strategic because let's just keep it real. You can't have a mother without a father. I I just heard, I just heard the the spirit of feminism just, just, just. You can't have a mother without a father. I mean, the first father was a mother. Father God. Everything that he's created came from the essence of who he is. And he created man and woman in his image. That's why when he created Adam, because he created Adam in his image, but then he said, no, I can't let you have both of those. So he pulled woman out of, out of the side. Not from his foot. Not from his head, but from his side. That, there's your equality, women. There's your equality from the side. So you can walk beside the man that God has given you. Man, so you can walk beside the woman that God has given you. And so um, they are joint heirs. They are equal in creation, but not in responsibility. Can we just settle, can we just settle that? Can we, can we settle that? Because if, if it was meant to where it was, it was just supposed to be equal in the sense that the world is trying to push for equality, then what, what do we have child support for? I'm just saying. You can chew on that for a minute. But uh, yeah, I'm going to dig deep today into this. I'm not going to be before you long. You know, I am proud to be a West Coast dad. As you can see my shirt, I'm a West Coast dad through and through. You know what I'm saying? I'm from West Coast, the blessed coast. I'm from California, the Golden State, sunshine, you know what I'm saying? Palm trees, you know what it is. Gang banging is a tradition. That's why I told my kids, whoever you bring into the house, they getting jumped in straight up. They got to be about that life. They got to be ready. 
for whatever. Because, uh, you know what I'm saying, I didn't pour my life into you just for some, you know what I'm saying, some sucker to come up in here and try and infiltrate and, and throw everything off. So I'm dedicated as a dad, man. I've been, I've been, it's been something that has been near and dear to my heart for so long. I think part of it was because of the way that I grew up. I grew up in a single parent home, virtually fatherless. I had a father, but he wasn't around. And so um, it, fatherhood has been something that's been near and dear to me. I've pulled uh, what I thought father, fatherhood should, should be from different places. But it wasn't until I developed a relationship, a real relevant relationship with God, that I was able to really see that all these other places that I've been pulling from are not the standard, right? Fathers, can I just say something to you? It's not good enough that you just do better than what your father did for you because your father was never the standard. It's not good enough for us to have our kids be better than what we are because we're not the standard. And so I need you to understand today that God is a father. It's not just, it's not just a title that he's been given or, or, or a nickname that we give him, but that is who he is at his very core. And the universe that we dwell in at its very core is, is, an, is, is an expression of his fatherhood. Are you following this? You know, it's crazy when we look at society. I know uh, some of you guys tune in to the Watch Me Develop podcast. Me and JR and, and, and Josh, we uh, started a podcast earlier this year. And a couple of weeks ago, we released an episode that like kind of sparked a fire on, on social media because I made a statement. I said, you know what? I honestly believe that active fathers are an answer to active shooters. And people just came out the woodworks like, oh, no, dads aren't the answer to anything. But I need you to understand that society is, is strategically programming us to discount the father. Why? Because our Bible tells us that man on his own and in and of himself is not good. And he is at enmity with God. Because why? God is the ultimate father. He is the definition of fatherhood. So why wouldn't society discount what fathers are? He's placed us as men to be fathers, created in his image, to be a representative of him in the earth. So why wouldn't we be despised? Our society's view of manhood is severely broken. In the absence of involved fathers, a generation of boys have grown up not knowing what it means to be men. In that void, numerous problems have emerged, whether in the form of toxic masculinity or of men who simply can't or won't launch into the world. They won't step up, they won't commit, and they have no idea how to support themselves, let alone a wife or family. A son needs his dad to show him how it's done. Although we often read about how important it is for fathers to serve as healthy role models for their sons, a dad's relationship with his daughters is no less important. A young girl's sense of self is closely tied to her relationship with her father. That's why it's critical that dads validate their daughters throughout their childhood, spending quality time with her one-on-one -on -one by giving her appropriate physical affection, even during the teen years, and by asking her questions, soliciting her input, and treating her as an equal. Our daughters often just want to be heard and long to be understood. Mm, that's the area I'm working on. 
There will be times to offer guidance and feedback, but there will be many other times when it's important to simply listen. That is an excerpt from Life Without Father by David Papineau. Why is fatherhood important, man? I'm going to tell you why fatherhood is important. Jesus spoke about fatherhood over 170 times in the New Testament, always referring to God as the Father. The only time that you see Jesus refer to the Father as God was when he was on the cross, which we see the picture and the illustration of abandonment of a father. That's what abandonment looks like. Men, when we abandon our children, that's what it looks like. It looks like the crucifixion, the horrors and the excruciating illustration that we have of the crucifixion. Jesus, who has become sin on the cross, has to be abandoned by the Father so that he may fulfill and take on the wrath and pay the price for sin. Fatherhood is deeply precious in a sacred thing for the Christian. Father is not just the role that God took on in order to tell his story. It is who he is. Fatherhood is the very core of the universe because it is the very center and fount of all reality. Fatherhood is the original and most fundamental nature of God. Let me give you some, some statistics. Nearly 20 million children in America, that's almost one in four, live without a father in the home. 71% of all high school dropouts come from homes with absent fathers. 85% of all youth in prison come from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children come from fatherless environments. 70% of teen suicides occur in homes where there isn't a dad present. That's according to Focus on the Family. One in, one in four are fatherless. That means one, two, three, no dad. 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 That's just from the obvious father that doesn't live at home. We're not talking about the fathers who do live at home but are absent. And so when I, when I made this statement a couple of weeks ago on our podcast and we, we put an excerpt of it on, on social media, um, one of the things that came about with this was the, the, the whole idea that active fathers, a lot of people mis, misinterpret an active father with a present father. Because not every father that's present is active, but you have to be present to be active, right? We can look at our society and we can see the ills of our society. We can look at our community and see who the bad actors in our community are. And we say, how in the world does, does this, bad, this, this bad stuff go on? How can this person run rampant causing all kinds of chaos and turmoil in a community. It's because the monster of your community is the kid that you didn't take time to, to invest in that ran across your path all the time, but for the sake of convenience, you didn't enter into their life or allow them to enter into yours. Come on, fathers. Just because they, they, they don't come from you doesn't mean that you don't have the authority to father them. If God is father 
and he created you in his image, then you have the authority to operate in the capacity of a father. And that's what we need in our community. We need more fathers. You can go to any school and trip over a mother that's volunteering at a school. But where are the fathers? Now, I'm not saying that, that fathers can, can, can end, are the end-all, be-all of everything, but I know that they will make enough of an impact to where things will change. So there's this, there's this uh, idea that I shared a couple of weeks ago, or a few weeks ago uh, with the men uh, at a men's breakfast, our, our first men's breakfast. And I said, you know, one of the things, if you ever think that, that your assignment is, is a little too complicated and too hard, just remember these things, these, these three things, heavy, high, and far. Heavy, high, and far. That means that if it's too heavy for them to lift, that means you lift it. If it's too high for them to reach, that means you, you reach and, and, and get it or lift them up so they can get it. And if it's too far for them to go, then you go ahead and, and travel the distance. Go the extra mile and get it. Keep it, keep it real simple. It was just like Jesus when they, when they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? He said, okay, let me simplify it for you. Since you guys want to split hairs over which, which, which commandment you should keep the most. And he simplified it for him. And so I just, I just wanted to, to offer the same notion of simplifying your, your job today. Dads, men, fathers. And so what does it mean to be a dad? Well, the first D I'd like to direct you towards is direction. Our children need direction. What direction encompasses is discipline and correction. Heavy. That means that if we, if we are to be able to discipline our children, we ourselves need to exercise discipline. Are you understanding? Are you following? Heavy. Psalm 127 tells us in verses 3 and 5, it says, don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb, his generous legacy. Like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you parents with your quivers full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You'll sweep them right off your doorstep. What we need to understand is that scripture just that we just read likens our children to arrows. If you know anything about arrows, arrows are intended for a specific target and a specific purpose. Dads, moms, your children are designed and created with an intended target and a specific purpose. And you as the warrior, it is your responsibility to aim them in the direction that they should go and release them into their purpose and their destiny. All arrows have a purpose and a destiny. You want to know how I know a lot of us don't know that? Because we don't use them in our cars. Turn signals. It's there for a reason. There's an arrow that indicates the direction you're supposed to use it. Arrows, direction. Come on, man. But what is an arrow without purpose or direction, though? An arrow without purpose or direction is a statistic that we just read. 
We have so many statistics in our community that are waiting for a father to come along. If we walk through our community, we can see arrows scattered all across the ground, not even in quivers. No purpose, no destiny. Waiting to find the hands of a, of a, of a skilled warrior to pick them up and give them purpose and launch them into their destiny. So number one is as a father, your D, I don't know if you guys are out there taking notes, but it's direction, discipline and correction. Remember, this is, this is a heavy thing. You need to be heavy on your discipline, man. You need to be heavy on your, on your discipline. What good is it if we are always the disciplinarian, but we ourselves are undisciplined? Does that make sense? That, that, that's, what, that's exactly what Jesus got into most of his confrontations about with the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time. They were, they were, they were call, call, calling themselves to be in a position to be of authority and telling people and dictating people's lives, but yet weren't, weren't living their lives according to what it was that they were dictating everybody else. And Jesus called them out on it. Fathers, we can't be like the Pharisees in our parenting. We can't be hypocrites in our parenting. Remember, our children are arrows. We've been blessed with them. They are a blessing and a gift from God, and we are responsible for launching them into the destiny and the purpose that they were created for. Amen? The second thing that we, that we need to understand, the A in dad is affirmation of affection. Affirmation of affection. Ephesians 6, 4 tells us, fathers, don't frustrate your children with no-win scenarios. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Take them by the hand and lead them. That, 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 is, a, that is an illustration of tenderness. That's something that, that comes a little difficult for some of us as fathers, especially if you haven't had a father that, that, was, that you grew up with. I know for me, I, I had, I, I had, there, was a, there was a lot of layers of callus that my, my kids had to cut through for me to soften up. Some of it still manifests to this day, but I'm actively, I'm actively being aware and actively trying to change that. That's why I'm in EHS for a second time. Shout out to EHS, Mostly Healthy Spirituality. But affirmation of affection. Affection was something that did not come naturally to me. When, when we first had kids, when Raquel and I first had kids, like, I had to get used to these little hands being all over me. I did. I, I, I got claustrophobic when my kids came up and like ganged up on me. I just, I didn't really know how, like it just, it, it felt so uncomfortable. But I had to understand that, that a child, sometimes all a child has to give is love, right? A child's currency, somebody said a child's currency are hugs and kisses. So 
So understand that, fathers. If, you're, if, you, if you were a dad who was raised in, in, in your relationship with your father, your father was aloof and he was distant and disconnected and he wasn't affectionate, and you, you're, you're more, more than likely to carry on the same type of behavior with your children. And you have to break that. You have to understand and be aware of that and allow God to do the work on your heart. Ask God to change your heart and show you what a father is. Because if, if hugs and kisses and touch are, are the, the currency of children and you show them that that currency doesn't work here, they'll go somewhere else. Are you following? Another translation of this, this, this scripture says, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Don't deal with them harshly and, and, and provoke them to wrath but exercise tenderness. I don't know about you, but I grew up, I, I don't know what WWE is. I grew up with WWF, World Wrestling Federation. That's what, that's what I grew up with. I grew up with the, 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 the uh, macho man Randy Savages. I grew up with Ultimate Warrior. I grew up with Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Junkyard Dog, Coco Beware, Ricky the Dragon, Dragon Steamboat, uh, Jimmy Snooker, Superfly Jimmy Snooker. That's what I grew up on, WWF. Rowdy Roddy Piper. That's what I grew up with, right? Hacksaw Jim Duggan, okay? And one of the things that I liked about, liked about them that I loved the most, like, I know that, that like, uh, a lot of the cats that are in here that you guys grew up in, what is it, the Attitude Era, or, was it, or what is it, uh, with... with with the rock and all them, but but uh, the the thing about it was back in my day, it was just different when they were selling the gimmick, man. Because they get on there and they be super intense, and you know what I'm saying. They walking back and forth and they talking to Mean Gene Okerlund, and and you got one of the dopest ones was Randy Savage because he got that oh yeah, it's like yeah brother. So like I, I liked Randy Savage, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, man, because he had that like just that gritty that 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 grit to him. And I find that my inner Randy Savage raises up sometimes when me and my kids ain't getting along. It's like, you make me tell you one more time. And I'm coming off the turnbuckle. I'm just saying that I had to learn tenderness. Because that inner warrior, that, that WWF wants to come out of me on my kids. And that's not meant, that, that, that intensity is not meant for them. It's meant to protect them. You following? Listen. Write this down. Put it in your notes in your phone. If we don't seek to transform our pain, we'll just transfer it to our sons and daughters. If we don't seek to transform our pain, we'll just transfer it to our sons and daughters. The love of our Heavenly Father can redeem any pain and transform it into something strong, solid, and powerful. 
But if we don't transform our pain, we'll just transfer it to our sons and daughters. A redeemed father's power might just make the difference in a little girl or a little boy's life. That's why I say active fathers, active fathers, not present fathers, because an active father is a present father, but a present father is not an active father. We have to be active fathers in our children's lives. Why? Because their lives, their future depends on it. We just read all of the the statistics about what happens to kids that don't have fathers that are active. Charles Spurgeon said this, when fathers are tongue-tied religiously with their offspring, do they need wonder why their children's hearts remain sin-tied? He said, when fathers are tongue-tied religiously with their offspring, do they need wonder why their children's hearts remain sin-tied? I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm not in a place where I, I have the luxury of, of uh, uh, allowing my children to, to be turned away from God because of my actions. I can't just go on living uh, uh, casually and believe that, oh, somebody else will show them the way to, to, to the Lord. I'm not willing to take that chance. And many fathers have been willing to take that chance. They've been, they, they haven't been willing to be disciplined enough to where they want to change their behavior. They want to change their exterior and, and look good on the outside, but don't want to change the inside. But I'll tell you what, you know what also looks good on the outside? A corpse on its funeral, at its funeral. A, a corpse wears nice clothes at its funeral, but it's dead. It's a corpse. And many fathers walk around well-dressed, looking good, but are dead inside. And your children will know. Listen, children will imitate their father's vices, but seldom their repentance. Fathers, I need you to understand the important role. Don't allow society to to dictate your significance. When you look at television programming, and I brought this this up in some of our discussions before uh, with with JR and and Josh um, uh, in regarding fatherhood, that that we've we've gone from in television programming, we went from having uh, shows like Father Knows Best, right? Some of y'all in here know that. I know some of y'all are old enough to, to remember that. Um, Father Knows Best. You had, like, uh, figures like the Cleavers. You had, you had, you know, Ward. You got all these different father figures that were providers. They were respected by their wives, respected by their children. And now you got Family Guy. You got Al Bundy, which was, like, a, few, a, a couple decades ago. But you have, ever since Al Bundy, Homer Simpson has gotten worse. Like, the dad is the butt of every joke. The dad is completely oblivious to all of the serious things that are going on in the household. Don't allow the culture to dictate your significance, Father. 
Don't allow the culture to tell you that, that your children don't need you. They'll, they'll be all right. They'll, 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 they'll be fine. Because the way the society set up is, is that it gives our children the notion that if the more information that they have access to, that means that the more mature they are. That because, because I have a, a, an array of information and I know a lot of things that maybe my parents may not know about, that, that means that I'm more, I'm more mature and I'm probably, I probably know more than they do. And so in turn, because you as a parent are like, well, I don't really know about that or I'm not really catching on to that, you may allow that to play into your insecurity as a parent and you think that, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm not as significant as, as, as I should be or as I really am. Or maybe they maybe they'll they'll be fine. They they'll 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 be able to, to, to find their way. They'll be able to figure it out. Technology is not a replacement for parenthood. That's why it's important, fathers, that we do what's necessary to remain disciplined. Because our children will imitate our vices but rarely are repentance. You don't get too many times to make major mistakes without irreparably scarring them and skewing their view of, of life moving forward. Our children, one of the things I learned recently, man, and, and it, and it it was, it was a hard pill to swallow was, just be transparent, that I don't always speak nicely to my wife. Sometimes I'm short with her. Sometimes, sometimes I, I don't have the patience. I don't, I don't display the attribute of love, which is patience, right? We know love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long-suffering. It, 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 it believes and hopes all things, endures all things, right? We love that. We hear it at the weddings and all that kind of stuff, right? I'm just going to be honest. I, I am not always patient. And I answer out of being impatient. And you know who hears me answer out of being impatient? My children. And what happens when my children are doing something and mom says something to them and they get impatient with mom? Ooh. Macho man is coming. I'm, I'm ready to go off the top, the top, top rope. Pile drive to the face. Suplex. But they got it from me. Why do I not mind telling you that? Because I know I'm not the only one in here. You can fake like you like I am, but I know I'm not the only one in here. And that was a hard pill to swallow. Why? Because I recently went through that. What our children are desperately saying to us, Father, is I need you to be free. I need my father to be free. I need my father to be a chain breaker. Because if we don't break the chains, fathers, we will give them to our, our children will inherit them. The slavery that you are bound in 
will be what your children will be will, will inherit from you. Are you following that? By the way, happy Juneteenth. Shout out to that. I don't want my children to continue in bondage. That's why I'm fighting for my, not only my freedom, but their freedom as well. Because if they see me live free, then they will know how to live free. A father's holy life is a rich legacy for his children. Fathers, we have to break free. Why? Because we, we don't want the generational curses to pass on. Oh, poverty ran in your family? It ran in my family? It ran in my family until it ran into me. Oh, divorce ran in my family? It ran in my family until it ran into me. Do you hear what I'm saying? Father, you have to make the, you make the decision. The buck stops here. What's funny is, um, I've been so dedicated to, to being a father. It was, it's, it's, it's crazy because I'm completely uh, not qualified. I, I, I didn't really know what a father looked like, but I knew I wanted to be one. And um, I knew that from a young age. I just knew that I could see, I could see myself as a father, as a husband and a father. And I believe it was probably around like 2004. It was right after Ivy. Ivy was probably about like a year old. Um, I was at a little church across, across town, across the way. And uh, this preacher from Oklahoma was, was, praying, was praying over me. And he, and he literally prayed that God was giving, he spoke over me that God was giving me the heart of a father. He just, he just prayed that over me. And it's stuck with me ever since. It's just, it's just stuck with me ever since. And I've been through many struggles in this journey of fatherhood. You know, they say, they say it's not where you're from, it's where you're at. You know what I'm saying? I, I say I'm from the hardest hood that there is, and that is fatherhood. Straight up. I told you I'm West Coast dad, California. Gang banging is a tradition. Uh, yeah, my hood is fatherhood. And I bang for my kids all day, straight up. My son, Jericho, those of you guys that have been following us on social media and stuff, man, Jericho has been, uh, been blessed with some, some awesome opportunities as of late. Those of you guys that don't know, Jericho is, uh, um, he just finished his sophomore year at Army O High School. He has been playing football, and football is not something that's new to Jericho. Jericho wanted to play football since he was like four years old. He's now 16, and uh, the young man is 6'3", about 315 pounds. Solid. But this little four-year-old guy who was so dedicated to, to like, he just knew. I don't, I don't know how he knew. I don't know where he saw it. I don't know how he got the idea for it, other than the fact that just God had to have breathed it on him. 
that, son, this is what you're going to do. That at four years old, when he begged mom and dad, he's like, mom, dad, I want to play football. Like, son, you're too young to play football. Like, there's no, there's no, like, there's no league. There's nothing that, that we have for you to play football. So he's like, all right. But what does this kid do at four years old? At four years old, this kid is in the living room watching cartoons. And during commercial breaks, is doing push-ups and sit-ups because he's going to play football. Tucking his little feet up under the couch, doing sit-ups, doing push-ups, and could really legit do push-ups at four years old because he knows I'm going to play football. And so lo and behold, we were blessed. Um, like, he turned five, and there was some league that was allowing, like, five-year-olds to play. It was like little... This is like little cute stuff, kind of like how T-ball is. Like the kids don't be knowing what they're doing out there. They're just out there chasing butterflies and all kinds of stuff, right? But he was out there, and he's dead serious. Like, I mean, the coach was so impressed. He's like, man, this kid is a leader. The kid's sitting there, and he's, and he's doing wall sits at five years old and holding it and not complaining, not shedding tears, not crying. Matter of fact, I think he was even smiling. Because that's what Jericho was. And that's what coaches loved about him. They loved the energy that he brought to the team. They loved how, how, how he was. So I, as a father, was like, yeah, this boy was built for this. And it's important, fathers, again, with the, uh, the, the affirmation of affection, that we recognize the gifts and the talents and the abilities of our children Again, this is also with the direction that create their arrows. Remember, they're created for a purpose, right? And so in doing this, I was like, all right, Lord, uh, this is the direction we're going. Let's, let's, let's do it. And it's just become more and more evident as he's gotten older, become more and more evident as he's gotten older. I say all that to say this. So recently, uh, this last season, Jericho was only able to play, I think, five or six games out of the whole season at a school that has a losing team. Let's just be honest. Everything, I mean, it's literally like bad news bears set up type of situation. It's, 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 it's yeah, it's just, it, it looks real bad, right? But what I can say is that there's no place out of place when God's placed you in the place he's placed you in. And so, while we were initially trying to get him to go to a school that we thought was a better school, a better situation, a better setup for him, God was like, no, the provision is here. And sometimes you got to look at those situations. Sometimes you'll be put in an Ezekiel situation where you have, to, you have to be in a valley of dry bones. And though those bones are just laying there in the dust, you prophesy to them and they, and they will live. And they will become a mighty army. That's what Jericho did to this program. Lo and behold, he only plays half the season and ends up being the only football player in the entire school district to make the all-league list. Not only that, just off of that, he ends up being invited to the ESPN underclassmen camp then gets invited to go do a camp at Cal Berkeley. 
Not only does he show up at Cal Berkeley, but he gets the MVP of the camp. Do you have the video? I just want to show you guys what this looks like. I just want to say that support me with working out and that you train us really hard to play football. And now that I know who I really am and that now I know how to play football because you're the one who taught me. And I, I, I just want to let you know that you deserve a good father's day and that you support me really well. Love you, Dad. If you could have only seen where I was in my fatherhood a year ago. Not to go into it, but my, all my children weren't with me. I was literally stretched between the, the deterioration of my father and miscommunication with my oldest son. And God has a way of taking setbacks. And I don't want to say, I don't want to be cliche and say that it's a comeback, but he ends up taking your setbacks and making them setups for something that's greater. I didn't know what I was doing back then had no clue what I was doing. I just thought I'm getting my kids active. They're going to be doing they're going to be doing some really good positive things. They're going to learn how to interact with others. They're doing team play. That's great. They're getting exercise. Great. I'm a, I'm going to get them ready. But I didn't know that it would lead to where Jericho as a sophomore has three Division 1 college offers for scholarships. I'm sorry, four Division I offers. Three Pac-12 offers. I had no clue that that was coming down the pipe. All I knew was that I just wanted my kids to, to get involved in something good, and I wanted to be there for them. And fathers, that's all you have to do, is just be willing to be involved, be active. Even if you're making mistakes along the way. Because I'll tell you what, the person that's not making mistakes ain't making nothing. Can we be honest? The person that's not making mistakes ain't making nothing. Probably ain't never made nothing in their lives. But they remember, the people that criticize you and talk about you are the same people that pay for tickets to come see you. This is my show. You, you tune into my show. And you want to... Okay, sit back and watch. Because God ain't done with me yet. This ain't how my story ends. There's more to come. Stay tuned. But I praise God that I didn't 
back then just say, man, I don't really know about what it, what it means. I still don't know about a whole lot about football. But I didn't allow that to stop me from pouring into my child and pushing them forward and directing them in the place where they need to get what it is that they need to get in order to get to where they need to be. Amen. I praise God for the village. Fathers, understand that as you father, you're not fathering alone. I don't care if you're a single father in here. You're not fathering alone. There is a community called the believers, the body of Christ that God has placed you in that you can utilize because Jericho hasn't gotten this far, not just because of what I did back then, but also because of the community that has come along and joined arms and joined and linked faith and prayers. And so this leads me to the last D in dad, which is fathers, we need to exhibit dedication. And in that dedication, we are showing and displaying that we are dependable and that they are defendable. That we are dependable and they are defendable. I told you, I'm, I'm, my hood is fatherhood and I will bang for my kids. I spent the better part of the last month of the school year advocating for my daughter in her education because they wanted to get they wanted to put their plans on her and I'm like no those are those plans don't fit along with the direction that she's going in they wanted to sit in my face and keep rehearsing the same script over and over again I said look this may be something that you're not used to you might have present fathers that come in here but I am an active father and I will get all up in your stuff to let you know that I'm not playing about my daughter's education. This is not the direction that she is going in. We've established that. So I'm not going to allow you to impose and then try and impose your will on what it is that God's will has set forth for her. And God gave us so much favor in the situation that God has set up. I mean, mind you, we were trying to get the kids at the beginning of the school year to go to a different place. And I told you what the school looked like. Bad News Bears, East Side High. I don't know if you remember Lean On Me. Like, it just, just all, just, none of the stuff was looking right. Right? Where's Joe Clark when you need him? Right? Sims. No. But, <laughs> no, but, but on the real, like, I praise God that we stayed, that we were, we were in a position to hear his voice to stay where we were at because he, had prov he provided for us. Kind of sounds like the last time I was up here talking about provision, right? Provision. God had a ram in the bush for us. And so, again, man, fathers, we have to show our kids our dedication, that we have a high level of dedication. Remember, heavy, high, far, that we're willing to go whatever lengths to show them that we are dedicated to them. That means that if, I, if, if, if I'm coming off of a 16-hour shift, dog tired, and I need to go and, and, and press my way to make it to a recital or a game or, or uh, to sit and just talk to them about something that had happened that day, I have to do that to show my level of dedication. I don't know how many times we've, we've I'm, I'm just about to fix my eyes to, to, to close them and we end up in a, in a two hour long conversation. Wake up, my eyes is dry. 
because I stayed up so late. But that's, what, that's our job, dads. That's our job, to go heavy, high, and far, that we give direction, that we affirm them and, and, and show them affection, and that we show our dedication, that we are dependable and that they are defendable, no matter what it is that they come against. I'm telling you, I don't care who it is. There's somebody that hopped on Twitter earlier this week, a coach from across town in the same community, hopped on Twitter and had nerve enough to speak greasy about Jericho receiving those offers. I had to sleep on it and pray so I didn't get in my feelings about it and respond. Why? Because if you're in your feelings, then you're not in your purpose. If I'm in my feelings, I'm not in my purpose. So I said, okay, West Coast dad, dedicated, banging for my children. I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to make sure that I see God first and then I'm going to go ahead and exercise these thumbs and put it on. No. So, so I hopped on, I hopped on, you know, and, and I just, you know, in a diplomatic way, let them know, hey, man, I'm going to charge it to your head and not your heart. Being in our community, we need to, we as fathers, we as men should want to see all of our children win. As I come to a close, statistics aside, even fathers with the best of intentions will struggle to feel like they're consistently and sufficiently there for their children physically, there for their children emotionally, and there for their children spiritually. As a result, this may leave some fathers feeling like they are bad parents. Yet dads don't need to be perfect, and in fact, they can't be perfect. That was a good place to say amen. That, that, that should relieve you of some of your pressures, dad. You ain't got to be perfect. But the more they're able to be an active, positive presence in their kids' lives, the more those sons and daughters will be able to understand the heart of God himself. And how does this happen is, is, is they need to understand, again, that we are dependable and that they are defendable. Why? Because God tells us in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, he says that I will never leave you or forsake you. And then the writer quickly states after that, he says, so why should I fear what man will do unto me when I know that God is for me? Fathers, that's how we show our children that we, will never leave, that we will never leave them or forsake them like God our Father has. You know, there's an increasing and overwhelming state of anxiety in a lot of our children. I've been, I've been finding statistics where, where many of our children have developed uh, a lot of mental health disorders due to un unnecessary anxiety and pressures, whether it comes from uh, the, the, the pressures of their peers or it comes from social media. Social media is a huge one. But what, he what helps to, to, to squash all of that is being an active father. 
and your affirmation of telling your children the, 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 the greatness that's inside of them, that, that you see them, that you see who they are, that you see not just who they are, but who they, they're going to be. I know for me, it's been really big for me to, to push my kids into the direction of their destiny. I got, I got Ivy, who is a barber, and what's funny is, is he's just now starting to, to exercise that occupationally because he's, he's, he's doing an apprenticeship. But he learned how to cut hair because he got put on punishment. It's, it's interesting how that worked out. I thought it was, it was going to be one purpose, but God was like, yeah, I'm going to take this. I'm going to use it. Right? That God, God is so awesome like that. Like, God will take, again, our setbacks, right, and set us up. He set Ivy up back then. And now he's, he's, he's an accomplished barber, even though he technically doesn't have the official title yet. He's working towards that, but he's an accomplished barber. And he's just now in, in, in his young adulthood. Jericho is, is, is on his way to the NFL. I'm just saying it right now. He's on his way to the NFL. But it's God's doing and it's God's grace. And he knows that. That's the awesome thing about it. Is he knows that and gives God all the glory for it. Wisdom is, is entering into to, to being a photographer and, and a cinematographer. And she serves with JR and the production team. Rama is an accomplished artist, never even formally trained. And she'll be able to, she's, she's going to be able to take her first art class next, next year, which means that she's going to be even doper than what she is right now. But all of the gifts that these, the, that my children are operating in have been God breathed and God has given them to them. I can't take the credit for it. All I can do is say, Lord, show me how to steward this. Show me what it is that I need to do to nurture this. Show me how to cultivate this. Show me where to ready, aim, fire, and release. Trust me, I haven't been perfect. I've been imperfect. I've been impatient along the way. But God's grace has been sufficient. Fathers, we have to be active so we can silence the anxiety. A lot, of, a lot of us fathers are in here. I sense that a lot of us fathers are in here, and we, we, we are suffering. You know, they say that men suffer in silence. And I feel like that there's fathers in here that are suffering from PTSD. And our father who takes everything, and turns it around for good. He wants to take that, that post-traumatic stress disorder and turn it into a, a, a praise that silences doubt. He wants to turn it into, into prayer that strangles defeat. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He wants to turn that thing and flip it around. Luke chapter 12, verse 30 to 32 tells us, that the pagan world is greedily seeking 
to fill themselves with things. But your father knows exactly what it is that you need. Only aim and strive for and seek his kingdom and all the things that you need will be supplied to you also. But do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I've been guilty of having a McDonald's mentality when my kids come to me for stuff. If you don't know what that is, that means, hey, can, mom, dad, can we go to McDonald's? You got McDonald's money? It's unfair to our children to have that mentality. Why? Because when, when they're expressing a need and we have that mentality and we respond in that sense, we're putting the need back on them and saying, you figure it out. And what does that teach them? That teaches them to depend upon themselves and not on God. But if we have the mentality that, oh, there's a need and, and, and pops, oh, I, I don't have the means of, of fulfilling that need. Hey, son, daughter, let's go to, let's go to the one who, who can fulfill that need. Come on, let's go to the father. Come on, let me show you. Because you know why you have the McDonald's mentality is because you have that mentality with yourself. You still trying to figure things out and you don't depend on God. And so you need to show your son, your daughter, come on, let's go to the one who has it all. Let's go to the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Let's go to the one who will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Let's go to the one who intends for us to be the lender and not the borrower. Let's go to the one who has empowered us to obtain wealth. He has, he, has, he, he, has, he has knowledge of what we need before we even ask for it. And it is our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And what is the kingdom? Romans 14 tells us. The kingdom is not about what you eat or drink, but the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, meaning that we have been stretched straight and put in right standing with God. He took all of our crookedness and stretched us straight so we could be in right standing with God. He gives us peace, peace that surpasses all understanding. I don't know about you, but look, listen, I don't know where you're at today. But what I can share with you about me, this is my first Father's Day without my dad being here on earth. My father has passed. And I was a little emotional. I was wrestling with emotions a little bit this morning. But I've been able to, to press this far by peace that surpasses all understanding. I could have been in my feelings. And I'm not saying that you should push it, that, that, that feelings are not of God. No, God has given you emotions to experience, but they're not meant to be the, the engine that drives you. So later on, I may feel all the feels and everything. But I had to press here to do this and deliver this message to you. That it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace that he will give you. That when you're in the midst of a storm, you're in the midst of things going on, that you should, there's no way that you should have peace. That he is the keeper of your soul. And you're able to stand and not be broken.
and joy, which can only come from the Spirit, and the joy that the Holy Spirit gives, the world can't do nothing to take it away. The joy that the Holy Spirit gives allows you to sing the song that the angels can't sing. The song of redemption and salvation. The song that says that he knows me by name. So dads, I'll leave you with this. Our children need direction, which requires discipline and correction. We ourselves need to be, allow ourselves to be corrected, not only by God, but by those that he's placed in our lives for accountability. And we need to be disciplined and not have a problem with discipline in our children because only good fathers discipline their children. We need to affirm our children. Affirmation of affection and be affectionate with our children. Tenderness. And lastly, dedication, which encompasses our, us being dependable and them being defendable, knowing that, that, that we will never leave them or forsake them. Remember, heavy, high, and far, that is your call, Father, as a king, priest, and prophet of your household. Heavy, king, heavy is the crown. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. You've been called to be a king. High, because you've been called to be a high priest in your household, that you offer up prayers before the throne of, of grace on behalf of your family, making sacrifices for your family as a high priest. And far, you are a prophet. You should be future-focused, not now-focused, being able to, to, to give to delayed gratification. Are you hearing this? That you point towards the future and direct your family according to the word of God, proclaiming the word of God over your family as a prophet. Amen? Stand to our feet and give them some, give them some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah heavy, high, and far. Hallelujah. Father, you're so good. You're such a good, good father. I don't know if there's anybody in the house this morning that uh, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can get that taken care of today so he can put you in right relationship with the father. Is there anybody in here like that this morning that that the Lord has moved on your heart to enter into a, a right relationship with God the Father this morning. Raise your hand. Anybody in here? We all saved in right relationship? Okay. My second petition is this. I want the fathers to come up to the front. see all these fathers here today. It's good to see all these fathers here today.
Fathers, I'm just here. I just want to, I just want to, I feel like the Father, our Father, wants to just love on you. I feel that he wants you to know that he feels the weight and the burden that you carry. The burden of providing for your families. The burden of creating and leaving a legacy. The burden of just being a man and taking on the responsibilities of being a man. The Father is saying to you today that he sees you. He knows you by name. And he's saying, don't allow the enemy to silence you. The scripture says that I, I, I believe that all men should pray without ceasing. All men should pray lifting up holy hands, one without wrath and one without doubting. Men, I need you to know. Fathers, I need you to know that your, your means and your strategy of battle does not come through your silence. So I charge you this morning to open your mouths before your heavenly father, to open your mouths and speak the innermost parts of your heart to your father this morning. Lift up holy hands, one without wrath, one without doubting. Right now, lift your hands before your heavenly father and just pour out your heart before him this morning. Pour out your heart before him this morning. I know it seems uncomfortable. For some of you, you've never done it. For some of you, you have not done it in a long time. For some of you, you may be going through a situation right now that wants to muzzle you and silence you. And it's hard to open your lips, but I command you, lips be opened in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, lips be opened. In the name of Jesus, let the voice of men rise in this house right now in the name of Jesus. Let the fathers open their mouths and prophesy. Let the fathers open their mouths and declare the word of the Lord over their families right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, let the chatter of the enemy be silenced right now in the name of Jesus. Let every man at this altar's ears be able to open to hear your voice. Let their hearts be stirred right now in the name of Jesus. That a fresh fire, Lord, a clean heart, pure hands and a clean heart in Jesus' name. Freedom over these fathers. Freedom over these fathers. Freedom over these fathers in Jesus' name. Freedom over every father under the sound of my voice in Jesus' name. Generational curses broken in Jesus' name. Generational habits broken in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for every man that is here, every household that is represented here. I declare in the name of Jesus that every household is saved in the name of Jesus, that the blood of the lamb is over every doorpost in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you and I declare that these men will be men of integrity. Father, I thank you that these are men of integrity, men of the standard, Father, that they follow you. 
that they follow the good shepherd, that they are sheep of your flock and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Father, I thank you for giving them strategy, Father, that as they are kings, that they, as they are kings, that they would rule righteously over their household, Father. For you said in your word that when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. Father, I pray for rejoicing, sounds of rejoicing in each and every household right now in the name of Jesus. Father, that everything would be set apart in their household, that nothing would be common in Jesus' name. I declare liberty in every household right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you right now that you are speaking to men that may have hidden things, hidden vices in their house right now that you are pricking their heart and you've given them the grace and the power to go home and remove it immediately. That they would not hesitate, that they would not, that they would not think twice about it, Father, but that they would know that they're being led by your spirit to handle it. Father, I pray for every child that is represented here. Every child, every child of these fathers. Father, that they would be restored to the quiver. That they would be restored to the quiver, Father. That purpose would be renewed. The intended target will be hit. Father, that you have given these warriors, these warriors, these warriors, that you have given them strategy, Father, that you have given them the ability that you've teach, you, you're teaching their hands to war. That you're teaching their hands to war, Father. That when they grab their arrows, that they would aim high with purpose and intentionality and release their children into their destiny. Father, I declare it right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I declare that each home will be a home where you are honored, where you are glorified, where you are revered, and that they honor one another. I declare that each home, Father, that they will endeavor to keep unity in the bond of peace. Father, I declare in each household, Father, that they will wake up every morning and renew their commitment to confidence, Father, that they will walk in who it is that you have called them to be. Father, I pray that you would bless their families, bless their household. Father, that you would bless them and increase their faith, Father. Father, that you would show them all the skills and the gifts and the abilities that you have blessed and bestowed upon them, that they would stack those and that you would show them how to utilize them in the right places, at the right time, in the right ways. And that those skills, those gifts, those talents and abilities would generate streams of income that would bless their finances. Father, that their finances would be blessed in such a way, Father, that it will create generational wealth for their family. Father, that I declare right now that these streams of income will be so great that it will remove their debts, Father. For you do not desire for us to be in debt. You desire for us to be lenders and not borrowers. But I pray most of all, Father, that you make not rich nor poor, Father but that you give them what they need according to your riches and glory. Father, that they would get strategy to make wise investments and that they would have fruitful returns. Father, I pray that you would bless them in their freedom, that they would be free from every vice, that they would be free from every curse, that they would be free from the opinion of men. 
that they would be free from the fear of man, but that they would trust in you and be saved, Lord. Father, I pray for their fitness, for their health. Father, for the men that are in here that are, that are not disciplined in their fitness, Father, that they would find renewed strength and grace to get there. Even if it's just walking, Father, that they would do what's necessary, that they change their diet. And I don't mean just what it is that they put in their mouths, but what they watch, what they hear. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for making them whole, complete, nothing missing, nothing broken. Father, we thank you for giving each and every man here the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you for this. We agree for this. In the mighty, magnificent, and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Give God a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.